I do hope you enjoyed our looking back at three straight days of memorable winter blizzards across Canada. Today we get back to the other paralyzing punisher of a winter storm, the Nor'easter. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. The February 1969 Nor'easter was a severe winter storm that battered the mid-Atlantic and New England regions of the United States between February 8th and 10th. We now pick things up in progress on the 9th, this day in weather history. Like we did the past three days with the blizzard, let's open with a refresher on the Nor'easter, what it is, how it forms, and where it comes from. This is a storm along the east coast of North America, and it gets its moniker because the winds that pound the affected coastal area are typically from the northeast. (laughs) So that's pretty easy to gather. Nor'easters usually develop in the latitudes between the southeast state of Georgia and the mid-Atlantic state of New Jersey within about 100 miles or 160 kilometers east or west of that east coast. So it's always tight against the shorelines, relatively speaking, of course. These storms will generally progress northeastward and typically attain their maximum intensity near New England and the maritime provinces of Canada. And that is exactly what happened here. Textbook case. This nor'easter developed on February 8th, and as it moved towards the northeast, intensifying to become a powerful storm, it unloaded a staggering 20 inches or 51 centimeters of snow. Now, we covered on February 6th just how paralyzing a blizzard was in the city of Toronto in Canada. Well, how about the other megalopolis? That is the one known as New York City, because they bore the brunt of that 51 centimeters. They endured and suffered through extensive disruptions. The snow really amped up on the 9th, this day in weather history, and then it stalled right where it was. Uh-oh. By 7 p.m. on the 9th, 10 inches or 25 centimeters had accumulated in the city. By midnight, 15 inches, almost 40 more centimeters, was leveled on Central Park. You see how the totals keep going up? While a truly crippling 20 inches or that 51 centimeter stopped everything at Kennedy Airport, the entire northeast was covered under mountains of snow. The storm shut down roads between New York City and Newburgh. As a result of this, there were hundreds of motorists who were now trapped on the Tappan Zee Bridge with thousands more on the New York State Thruway. Meanwhile, at Kennedy Airport, it was almost comical. Most of the 2,000 motorists who got stuck in the deep drifts had to be lifted by airport crew to safety after many had spent up to eight hours in their cars. Others were not so lucky. There were thousands of travelers stranded on roads and in airports all over the region, and in the end it was confirmed, sadly, 94 people died in this storm. In the aftermath, it became a political frenzy. After the city of New York awoke on the Monday, they found themselves literally frozen in time and right in place. By now, the reality had set in as to the spin-off magnitude of the event. Schools were closed. The normally clockwork reliable MTA commuter and elevated subway lines were shut down and totally inoperable. Weddings were postponed. Sporting events canceled. Theaters locked. Go to work. Forget about it. You risk your life even thinking about it. And this is the global hub of trade and commerce. So suffice it to say at City Hall, (laughs) it wasn't a good day either. City officials had to admit that they were thrown off by the weather report. Oh, there you go. Blame the weather person. 
So no one dispatched the sanitation officials to call out snow-clearing crews until the Sunday night? That's not on the weatherman. Because they were already a day late and a dollar short on this critical call, they therefore had not even thought yet about recruiting private contractors to help. And they desperately needed help, and they needed it right now. Sunday overtime was frowned upon, and this played into the decision-making as things were unfolding. But this was the worst storm in 18 years. Are you kidding me? Overtime is your issue? <laughs> the embarrassment at the National Weather Service among their officials was palpable, as they had to admit that they had underestimated a low-pressure front racing up the East Coast while another deepening low was rolling in from the Ohio Valley. The collision was explosive, and the mix was potent and it seemed the worst of the storm's fury was reserved for eastern and central Queens. In this powerful nor'easter attack of winter fury on the five boroughs, 42 people died, half of them from Queens. Because he or she who sits atop all government decisions in any city is the mayor, and the killer blizzard of February 1969 turned into a political storm for New York's high-profile mayor at the time, John Lindsay. That's why the papers and population went on to call it mockingly Lindsay's snowstorm. Needless to say, he hated that this day in weather history. Tomorrow is February the 10th, and for this date, we go ahead only one year from today's story. We're just jumping ahead to 1970, when an avalanche crashed down on a ski resort in Val d'Isere, France. It was only back on February 5th when I chronicled the devastating series of avalanches that happened all over Afghanistan. And if you missed that day in weather history, you can always go back and catch us by subscribing to this podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. Click subscribe or follow and you'll never miss a day. And you'll have access to the archives to binge listen back to all the episodes you may have missed. So don't miss tomorrow on this day in weather history with me, your host, Chris May.